Night, the podcast where two friends discuss and drink to their favorite cozy mysteries. For the last time, I'm Carolyn Wilkie. And I'm Sabrina Moshausen. Not the not the last last time. Yes. <laughs> we this will return. Is, so for anybody who's just finding us. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we are going on um an indefinite hiatus. Because Sabrina has joined the Peace Corps and is going to go have adventures in Macedonia. Macedonia has fabulous Wi-Fi, so I will probably be back in nine months. <laughs> and so we're hoping that maybe we can get some special episodes recorded too, and maybe do some kind of one-off stuff. But our regular programming, which is where we watch five episodes of a single show and put something out every two weeks, not going to be... Uh, not gonna be doing it because she's gonna be a mouse duty. Yep. <laughs> so for this episode, we gave each other homework. My homework was exceptionally easy. I gave Carol homework. <laughs> I myself already have my homework done because I'm that kind of swote. <laughs> You're that kind of what? Swote. The, you know, what the fuck's a swoop? Hermione Granger is a swoop. It's someone who <laughs> is overly enthusiastic about all things scholastic. I have literally never heard that term before. Well, it's S-W-O-T. You've seen it. You just didn't know how to pronounce it. I, no, I don't even remember seeing it. I mean, maybe I've seen it before. I just... Um, is it that I think that America, like, de-Britishized the Harry Potters, so they might have called her a nerd. Yeah, or or like mm-hmm. Tinker's pet. Oh goodness! You, you can you can kind of tell what I'm drinking tonight. We're both drinking sparklies, so there you go. Let's. Our homework was to figure out what we would be doing in 27 months. Yes. So two years and change when we could conceivably relaunch the podcast on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, we'll, pr- like... Who knows what'll happen. Legitimately. Legitimately, we could re- do it in Macedonia. But if we don't, 27, 27 months. 27 months. So why don't you tell us what your one was? Because mine was not easy. Well, it's a... I have three plans, actually. It's plan A, B, and C. But A is kind of, like, just extra. So it's actually just two plans. So... My plan is to meet someone in Macedonia and marry them and <laughs> move to... It's <laughs> one of the plans. No, that's that's not really the plan, but that, that happens in the Peace Corps a lot, so that might happen. But um, my plan is to go to law school in Iceland. That's really the biggest... That's the biggest plan. That's and, cool. Um, if that absolutely doesn't work out, or it will. It might just happen later. My plan is still to move to Iceland, but work for a company for a while until I get into law school. So, Iceland is the top of the nice. list. If if I have to wait, because law school doesn't start until August or September. So, I come back in January. I come back in January 2022, basically. Oh, like late December 2021. 
And so if I have to wait until August, I'll live with my mother and work as a substitute teacher, saving money in which to move to Iceland. So there you go. That's a nice, solid plan. Yeah, I mean, it's already pretty much planned out. I have to, what I'm going to do over the 27 months in Macedonia is write my prospectus for the law school application and, you know, start emailing the professors and having them put a face or put a name to an application like, oh, we've been talking to her. She seems really clever. She's read our theses and has. So I have to read the theses of the professors. (laughs) <laughs> come up with relevant questions. It's only like three things. Come up with relevant questions, write my perspective, and apply. And um, law school in Iceland is $750 a year. For oh anyone. God. It's not just for EU residents. So anyone could actually go to school in Iceland, and it's 750 bucks a year. There is no tuition in Iceland. Oh, that's nice. I'm sure there are fees for books, but the only fee that you pay to the school is $750 a year. So there are two law programs in that I, that I could do. Um, they're both European law. Um, one is all three years in Iceland and one is like one year in Iceland and two years in Denmark. Mm -hmm. So it depends on which ones accept me. I can write the same perspectives for both. It's not like it's difficult, but like, you know. So, yeah. It's just, I have this set plan in my mind, and I cannot afford law school in America. So, no, I might be clever enough for like Harvard or Yale, but uh, no, I'm not rich enough for Harvard or Yale. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Although, doesn't Harvard have a. Harvard does the, if you make only a certain amount, you they pay your tuition. But that's if you get in, so. Well, the other thing that you can do is work not school and audit classes. Yeah, not, yeah, not. My aunt actually got her, her master's from Harvard because she was working for the Museum ah! of Natural History and was able to audit classes. Nice. And ended up getting her master's from Harvard. I'm not coming back to America except for necessarily having to come back to America. So that's yeah, that's about the extent of that. So, anyway, my plan is pretty well set. What about you? It's not really well so set. So you did not do your homework is what I I tried. I tried really doing my homework. I so I have this fantasy of moving to Scotland and working and writing and eventually publishing a book. Yeah. Ideally, honestly, if I think about it, like, very, very honest, true in my heart, I want to be an author. Mm-hmm. And I want to write fiction, because I've, I've written, you know, nonfiction professionally before. Mm-hmm. Still kind of write nonfiction professionally. But I want to do that as a job. I want to professionally write mm-hmm. books. Fantasy, mostly. And it's just so, so hard at the moment, like... It's so hard, like, and that's something I could do here, too. But I think it's also, it's so hard for me right now to balance everything in my life to even carve out the time to write. Um, And I actually have a girlfriend who, as she's got an agent, um, they're shopping her book around now. Like, it's really incredible. But, I mean, she does nothing but write outside of work, basically. And I... 
you know, I'm, I'm a social person. I like to, you know, hang out with my friends and I like to make podcasts and I like to do all these other things. So it's one of those things where it's like, and I'm trying to like get back into shape and exercise and I'm just so exhausted at the end of the day. And I already get up at 530 to write. Uh, and I'm just such a slow writer. It's just one of those things where it's like, I feel like I can't ever make any headway on this dream because there's so much other stuff going on. Well, writing itself is a very solitary activity. So it's so, and it's, and for me personally, it's super hard. Mm -hmm. Like I have a really, really, I write, I'm, I feel happy if I make 400 words in a day. Mm -hmm. Like every single word is like drawing blood. Um, so I don't know, but I have this, I'm this kind of person who's always like, well, if I do this, if I move here, it'll be better. If I move here, it'll be better. And I don't know, but I do really love Scotland. I really enjoyed the people. I really enjoyed, you know, living there. I liked how green everything was, um, which is not something you get here, even though you get beautiful mountain views. It's not fucking hot all the time. I'm so hot right now. <laughs> I haven't slept in like a week. Which is which is why I'm moving to Iceland. And Iceland is surprisingly green. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very, very, very sad that they've lost the glacier. Um, yeah. So, but it's cold all the time. Yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> I would. I would really like to eventually not be sweating all the time. Um, and I, I mean, Colorado's better than Texas was for sure, but Scotland would be even better. So I have done a little bit of homework. I looked at like some visa stuff. Um, and I've, you know, I've looked at like cost of living and stuff like that and I could do it, but the problem would be really getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am so blessed. Yeah. <laughs> I think about, I think about that all the time. Like, I'm just like, oh. If bigamy was legal, I'd marry you all. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I feel a little bit better because uh, a friend of a friend who was also a marketer and American just got a job in London mm -hmm. and um, the UK, you know, current, obviously Brexit could change everything, but the UK current is one of those countries that, and just like the US is and Canada too, is if you have somebody in the country who can do the job, then you have to hire that person. Mm -hmm. And technically, actually, it's part of the EU, somebody in the EU who can do that job. Yeah. Um, or the you can, EU and the EA, they're about to kick someone yeah, out of Iceland uh, for that same reason, which I find ridiculous, but it's... Yeah. So, like, you have to find somebody who's willing to prove that they need you. Mm -hmm. um, but that happened... To to a friend of a friend so it's not like unheard of at this point in life and um i definitely found a bunch of i was on browsing linkedin and i found a bunch of job application or job listings that you know fit my skill sets um including one that was i it was so good you should go look at my twitter but um it was like a bunch of like normal marketing shit like campaign management pay-per-click all of that whatever and in the very last bullet point it just says demons <laughs> <sighs> so i don't know i think i have i have two years until i have to make a decision on what to do with this condo and I, that's kind of a hard date because of uh financial reasons so 
I can put together actually a plan plan. Uh, the other thing that's happening is I have a girlfriend moving there next year to uh, Glasgow. And so the other thought is that, well, I could always just go over on a tourist visa, <laughs> stay for several months, live with her, and try and find a job. Um, so that's the other option, too. I'm glad I don't even have to think about that. Yeah, it it's... For me, like... Like, the registration for an EU citizen in Iceland is free. Like, you just register. Mm -hmm. And you get a Icelandic social security number, basically. And then you can get an Icelandic identification card. <laughs> like, well, it's not and... even, it's not even, like, it's not even difficult. Yeah, and it would be, it's 600-something pounds to get a visa. Yeah. Just to get a regular tier 2 visa in the UK. It's 350 for EU citizens, so it's not even free for EU citizens in the UK. Um, but yeah. you, you really don't need one. Unless you're going for permanent residency, then you need to worry mm -hmm. about it. But like, until until Brexit, and then that that's all different. But um, well, so the the things in my favor is that Scotland's a teeny tiny country mm -hmm. with no populace. Yeah, <laughs> um, the whole country is five point six million people, and a lot of those are EU nationals. Mm -hmm. So after Brexit, that could really screw things up for their economy um number reasons that scotland voted to remain um but that could screw things up for their economy and they could really need be in desperate need of of skilled immigrants yes who would and i feel like they'd probably look fair you know favorably on america just because at least we wouldn't be part of this particular political discussion would they <laughs> I don't know. I, we'll see. I feel like the first thing your hiring manager would ask is, who did you vote for? Well, that's easy, though, yeah. right? Like, I didn't vote for that guy. <laughs> I'm not that worried about it. Like Me, personally, not worried about I it. I think all of this is ridiculous. Like, I'm for, open, I'm for no borders at all, which actually would relieve economic pressure because people would be free to move. And not everyone's going to come to England. The food is awful, the weather is awful, and the people aren't great. So it's not like everyone's like, ooh, let's well, move again, to that's also why I'm talking Scotland specifically, because the people are great. <laughs> yeah, but the weather and food aren't. So it's like, okay. I had pretty good food in Scotland. Mm. I mean, it's not like upper class everyday kind of food either, but like, I enjoyed the food. Yeah. So I also yelped a lot of it. Like I didn't go to the bad restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I ate a lot of burgers in Iceland. They're really fa like somehow Iceland makes amazing hamburgers, and like so it was fine. It was great, but like it was really weird. But um, I don't know. Like I'm anti. I'm pro completely open borders. I'm pro having no borders. In recognizing a communist. Physical appearance counts for nothing. Because the economic pressures would actually reduce. People would people would move where they wanted to move. And if they didn't have to move out of their country because of border clashes and colonialization and whatever the fuck is going on in Kashmir, then people would stay where they are. They tend to stay where they're comfortable. If you... Mm -hmm. We're talking about moving because we're uncomfortable where we are. But most people tend to stay in their hometowns. They're not like, 
I gotta get out of yeah. here. And they're also not moving because, you know, there's not a huge competition. If, like, if people didn't have to move to find jobs, there's not going to be a huge competition in your podunk little village. So, you right. know, so I am against all of this. But what I am happy about is that Europe tends to see Europe as one giant free-flowing continent. Right. <laughs> That's where they do now, anyway. They, yeah, they do now. Since 1958. So, like, I'm okay with it because it obviously privileges me. And that's, like, the only privilege I fucking have in life. As a woman and as a person of color, I have a fucking German passport. So that is the only, like, privilege I actually have. And I cling to it. (laughs) Well, for our last episode, what are you drinking, Sabrina? I'm drinking a 2017 Waldenhof Pinot Chardonnay Sparkling. Nice. Fr- nice. From, from Italy. The name is not Italian, but apparently this wine is. It's 51% Pinot Bianco and 49% Chardonnay. And it is sparkling. And I've packed my wine glasses. I'm, I'm packing to move um, out of my flat. So um, I've packed everything. And so the, I left out the champagne glass. <laughs> uh, I am drinking a... I had to go down to the tiny corner store, which, as you might guess, does not have a fantastic selection of sparklers. Um, but I am drinking a Prosecco. It is a Menage a Trois Prosecco. Um, I've had a couple things from this label. It's an okay label. Excellent. Oh, yeah, I've had a Menage a Trois. Yeah, they they make some decent stuff. Yeah. Well, ostensibly, we're here to talk about a murder mystery and not the border situation. <laughs> Sorry, I know I went off on a tangent, but I'm a <laughs> I'm a crazy socialist, so every once in a while it comes out. Today we're reviewing Death in Paradise, season one, episode five. Spot the difference. This one opens with New Suits walking into an airport and introducing himself to a colleague, um, another a prison guard named Vincent Carter. Yeah. Who is a five British actor. I'm sorry. I was waiting for you to chime in on that one because you're usually on. You're usually know, Johnny on the five British actor. Is a five British actor. It's Colin <laughs> Salmon. He is the one of those dudes that you're like, it's that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That. I mean, he's one of the reasons that we have a five British actor cat. Like whole oh, yeah. thing. Um, but he's been in a lot of shit, um, and some pretty famous shit, too. Yeah. Uh, he was the villain in, what, Tomorrow Never Dies? He, his, his IMDB starts with, uh, Colin Salmon is, is it Salmon? For real Salmon, or is it Salmon like the fish? It's, okay. He, I have no he idea. He would pronounce it Salmon with the L. Okay. It's. Is Colin Salmon is one of Britain's most renowned actors. With a bold voice and posture, Colin makes his characters a favorite among audiences for every role he plays. <laughs> well, uh, Vincent Carter is handcuffed to a prisoner that we learn is named Leon Hamilton. 
and new suits and Vince do a quick like exchange. Um, and new suits takes the handcuffs and they yes. head on to the ferry that's going to take them from where they are, which I can't tell. It's not Guadalupe, but um, some other island over to Samari. And on the ferry, we get lots of shots of various Agatha Christie style characters, which is hilarious because there's a woman in a hat who sits down in front of him and in front of new suits and starts babbling on about how much she loves murder mysteries and Agatha Christie. And is that Susie? Oh, uh, I just call her the oh, act. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me look. Yes. Who is a fine British actor? Cheerio, but back soon. I don't know, somehow. I'm Misham. I love you, that's why I'm Cheerio, not goodbye. And she was in a marple. They do it with mirrors. <laughs> she was also in Praho, so she's all over Agatha Christie. She was in Midsummer Murders, The Shit Wallander, and Doctor Who. <laughs> and, um,. Eventually, Leon complains a little bit of seasickness, so they head upstairs, and we see a suspicious-looking man who follows them up, as well as Susie Park, uh, the woman in the hat. Yep. And New Suits starts babbling about something. Um, I didn't really take good notes about this, and it has been 10 days since we've seen this movie, or seen this TV show. And he's just babbling and babbling, and Leon's kind of like not paying attention, and then he keels over, and a woman screams. <coughs> and New Suit looks over his shoulder, and Leon has a knife sticking out of his back. So, obviously, the ferry goes aground, and they've called the police, because the first thing that we see when they hit the shore is Camille, who is pretty flabbergasted, and she's like, have you called the commissioner yet? Because you were told to do this, and, like, you just kind of fucked it the way the fuck up. Whoopsies. Yep. Um... And he's like, no, I'm on it. It's fine. And so he gets, they go back to the police station and we basically like get to hear new suits getting reamed out. Um, Vincent is also getting a little bit of the brunt of this, oh, but yeah. mostly it's new suits. And he's like, well, I think it's only the fair then that you transfer me back to London. Oh dear. Send me back home. Like, oh no. This is one of those this is one of those moments where I laughed on Archus because everyone is always like, go back where you came from. And I'm always like, I come from Germany, the richest nation in Europe. Send me back. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you mean I get free healthcare and free university and like a uh, low cost of living and delicious food and you mean I get to go home? Okay. Okay. Oh dear. This that's when I saw that, that was Richard. Richard was like, No, send me back. Mm -hmm. I did bad. Send me back. So I was Richard in that moment. <laughs> but uh obviously he does not get sent back to London. That would be too much of a reward. I know. So he gets set about trying to find who the murderer is. 
And this time, it's personal. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's Bond. James Bond. Suits. New suits. (laughs) Well, we just found the title of that one. Uh, he sets Dwayne about cross-checking all the witnesses, because he's got about a billion from the ferry. Um, my note here is Fidel does paperwork, <laughs> so I don't know what he was set to do. <laughs> I know for the first time ever. He was set to look over the, the passenger roster or something. I thought that was Dwayne, what was Dwayne was up to. But point is, both of them are doing their busy work, which will come in handy yes. later. Um, and New Suits is a big fan of means, motive, and opportunity. And for this particular mystery, he's like, all right, well, means and opportunity are very obvious. So what we have to be tracking down is motive. Oh, and everyone on the island knows the fucking motive, they find out later. Yes. But before we get there, we see the suspicious man from the ferry knock on a door. You know who he looks like? That bloke from Trailer Park Boys. I don't know who that is. Have you seen Trailer Park Boys? No. Oh, God. It's this hysterical, funny... It's a Canadian show. It's actually a Canadian show. I've heard of it. I know enough and Canadians it's a, it's to a have heard of it. It's a mockumentary sure. about this trailer park somewhere. It is so oh, funny. And he looks like one of the main characters from Trailer Park Boys. It's not him. But when I first watched it, I thought it was him, and he was just putting on an accent. <laughs> like it was not it was not um but um <laughs> you need to you need to watch it that's all i'm saying well i will i will i will look that up for sure oh yeah rob wells who plays ricky um and it's so funny well he knocks on the door and a weird looking white dude answers and oh the weird looking white dude is a five british actor Cheerio. Yeah, this one I recognized. <laughs> uh, Alistair, Alistair Petrie. Who plays Golden Foster. What did you recognize him from? Oh, gosh. I don't remember. Um, you know what I recognized him from? The, force, the Foresight Saga. You know why I recognized him from the Foresight Saga? Because Rupert fucking Graves is in it. <laughs> No, you know what I recognized him from? Rogue One. Because <laughs> he was in fucking Star Wars. He was also he was also in The Night Manager, which I love. I love all John Le Carre things. I love anything to do with John Le Carre. I, I bought one of his books in a Swedish airport. I almost bought the Swedish version, but then I was like, <laughs> I can't read this as well. Never mind. Anyway, so he was in The Night Manager, which Tom Hiddleston was in, and I... I I tried to yeah, get into Tom Hiddleston. It's not like, meant for me. Because everyone was into him. And it, it it didn't work. But he was in some good stuff. Um, he was, he in, was also he in was Midsummer in Murders? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yes. So the suspicious man looks up and down at George Forsythe and goes, He's dead. You owe me 50K. But back at the police station, we figure out that they have 130 suspects and Fidel has more bad news because 
Leon Hamilton ran a real estate scam two years ago and defrauded hundreds of people, almost certainly some of whom were on that ferry. Yep. So Leon Hamilton is Donald Trump, but mm-hmm. black. So everything Donald Trump doesn't want to be. There you go. <laughs> um, even the commissioner had gotten defrauded by this man. should probably not drink this all this wine you can drink as much it's the last episode darling Sabrina. i have go wild. barely had any food so i should probably not drink. do what you feel like doing sabrina i'm celebrating having lost 10 pounds by <laughs> drinking an entire bottle of uh, pino sparkling. okay <laughs> well even more stuff doesn't add up um despite all of that uh news coming at once first and foremost they Leon complained of seasickness on the ferry, but they learned that he was an experienced sailor. Yep, and sailed often. So what the fuck, man? What the fuck? Um, Camille also takes a phone call and says that uh, from uh, Mrs. Hamilton, who is going to come uh, pick up the body and have a funeral for him. Identify the body and have a funeral. Yes. Back at his hut, New Suits gets a singing a birthday card. Yes. And at the station, they're waiting for the autopsy. And so Camille picks up the phone the next morning and they think it's going to be the coroner. And she puts it on speaker. But no, it's his mom and dad singing happy birthday. So do your parents have anything they do on your birthday? Um, Not anymore. We used to... we. Do generally like have dinner and get together and have a cake and stuff like that. Um, my mother plays a music box for me that my grandfather had. It's a happy birthday music box. Aww. And it's so old that it's fallen apart. So you have to hold the bottom of it <laughs> while you're And so that's that remind like Richard and I, I shared a little bit with Richard this eve- this episode because um, I don't have as awkward a relationship with my parents as Richard obviously does. My parents had a divorce. So, but, and I was raised by my mom. And, um, I'm, so, it, so, like, I was like, oh, this is, oh, this is the phone call you get every year on your birthday where they sing happy birthday to you. Well, I always got like, the sense a little bit that he was extremely close with his parents. Yeah. And then this was embarrassing because it happened at work. Mm-hmm. No, I don't think he wasn't, like, not close with his parents, just that he didn't want everyone to know how close he was. Yes. Like, Richard's not an only child. I think Mm -hmm. he has a brother. But, um... But, like... I definitely got only child vibes from him, so... I think he's... I think he... I got... So, the problem is, people tend to think you're either an only or the oldest. Because onlys and oldest tend to share a lot of personality traits. I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. Thank God. But, um... I every time I hear about siblings, I hear nothing good, and I'm just like, <laughs> okay, thank you for not having any more. <laughs> like, I'm fine with being an only child. It means I get everything I want and need. My mother still buys me groceries at 33, even though I have a well-paying middle-class job as a teacher. 
That's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, my mother still pays for my groceries. And she told me she was going to stop. She we got a we got a big argument. She goes, Okay, January of twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen, I'm not gonna buy your groceries anymore. She still does. <laughs> it's twenty nineteen. Bygones. It's bygones is all that is. But I think in a later season there's something that comes up with a sibling. So I that I think that's why I might be misremembering. Oh, ma- oh no, I am misremembering because he's not in any later seasons. Never mind. It's not him. <laughs> um, <laughs> Boo! Yeah, I'm pretty sure... I, I always got kind of the feeling that, like, if he doesn't live with his parents still, he lives very close by. Kind oh, of yeah. deal. Oh, yeah. Well, I live, like, 12 minutes away from my mom, so... For now. For now. I mean, soon, I'll be a whole 16-hour flight away. <laughs> well, so, despite the embarrassment, uh, New Suits gets on with it, and his staff is left wondering why they never he never told them it was his birthday. I know, right? Um, but... do do Does your work celebrate birthdays? Yes. They, I, don't uh, they how, do. I don't know how private companies work, but we always... I always was the flower girl for people's birthdays. Like, we would we would get a group text message and choose what everyone got, and I was always the flowers. So. Mm. Yeah, no, this is... Um, I mean, every company does it different, but, like, we usually do either, like, a pie or cake or whatever they like, you know, for their birthday, because we are a small company, and so that makes life easier. But my, for my birthday, I was having all of my stomach issues, so they gave me a gift card to Whole Foods because they were like, "I don't want to deal," or not like, "I don't want to deal," but like, "Oh, we don't know what you, you can work." Oh, so way you could buy cyanide to get rid of yourself—that's <laughs> what they were telling you. They were That's not friendly. <laughs> they were like, "Go buy yourself some they cyanide." They didn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, mean Maya. Or did they? <laughs> meanwhile you said uh, that Dwayne in such a German way one you were name. like meanwhile <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> Dwayne has found one name on the list <laughs> Sam King after, after. <laughs> aka our suspicious guy who I'm gonna call Ricky for now <laughs> sure I call him suspicious guy Oh, we have hat girl it's and like suspicious Ricky guy. and person um, who's not Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> <laughs> Who looks a lot like Moaning Myrtle, but is not. Even though she was also in Marple, just a different episode. Oh, wow. Moaning Myrtle was in an episode I mean, of she's been in everything. We watched that episode of Marple. Yeah, we did. Um... She's also, but like she, it, she got her start acting in another cozy mystery called Hamish Macbeth. Yes, which is actually really fun and kind of dumb, but I love it a lot. Yes. Anyway, we also get another nicknamed character. Well, nicknamed in my notes, Hot Widow, and uh, she gets like a full on like Hot Widow shot like almost like pan up and down her body kind of establishing shot with the hat and the big sunglasses i mean what would your aesthetic be as a hot widow oh i mean i think she nails yeah but no no like would you be in a bikini and a gauzy white like overdress and they'd find you at a pool in saint-tropez 
Oh, no. I would go very Lady Felicia. Hmm. You know what I would do? I would go very... But, you know, in shades of black. Yeah. I would go... With some red. Very, um... I would still go flowy. But very modest flowy. Like, I would probably just snap on a hijab and be like, I am going back to my faith kind of thing. Not if I murdered my husband, but I don't think I would... I don't think I would murder people. I mean, if you did murder your husband, you probably wouldn't have a whole lot of, uh, what are those called? Scruples. <laughs> Scruples yeah, left I would anyway, immediately, so. I would immediately, I would immediately join a nunnery in uh, France. No, not if you were a scrupulous person, you would not. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh. There is no way I could have done it, officer. My life is dedicated to God. I lost my husband, and now I'm married to Jesus. All right, I, <laughs> I like didn't it. know why. I, like I just it. <laughs> yeah. I, plan D. After I married the <laughs> husband in Plan A, killed him, joined a monastery. <laughs> but Camille is extremely nice uh, to the widow, Mrs. Hamilton. Yep, and. Back at the station, New Suits is doing some interviews, including that of Susie Park, the hat girl. Um, she says she saw nothing and didn't even know who the man was. Meanwhile, they have a tourist come in who has been robbed. And this is like the third time this week by some sort of beggar woman in the market. So... Fidel, being the little teacher's pet, what is that called? Swote? Yep. The little swote that he is takes it upon himself to go find this beggar thief. At Catherine's, New Suit is trying to dissect this case a little bit, so he sits down and chats with Vince a bit, and Catherine brings him a birthday drink, and he, like, super overreacts to it. Aww. Yeah, he really does. Nobody ever celebrates my birthday. It's me and my mum almost all the time because it's December 30th. It's the 30th of December. So everyone, nobody cares. It's after Christmas. It's the day before New Year's Eve. Literally no one gives a fuck. So my 30th, I spent by myself. Like all but like two hours. Womp womp. 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 So hopefully for my 40th, I'm the mayor of Reykjavik. And so... Hey, and then you can command people no, to celebrate. And then I birthday. actually have some reason to celebrate. <laughs> um, it's probably not going to happen by my 40th. Maybe by my 42nd. Which is good because that's the meaning of life, the universe, and everything. So, hey. There you go. Extra goals. Plan E. <laughs> no, that is my plan. Law school, city council, mayor. Like, I'm not, I'm not joking. It's the master plan. It's the alpha and omega plan. <laughs> yeah, Iceland is becoming completely socialist. I have to die for it. I don't care. I believe in you. I don't care if the United States sanctions us because fuck you. My 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 literal campaign speech is if America is doing it, I don't want it in this country. Hamburgers are German, <laughs> so fuck you. What if they do something right? <laughs> like everyone's gonna be like, but what about and I'm like, look, pizza's Italian. Hamburger is Pizza is not Italian. Pizza was invented in the United States. Not the Marguerite. No, but the actual concept of pizza invented in the United States. So the marguerite is by Italian-American immigrants, though. 
So, I, whatever. My point is still made in the United States. <laughs> yeah, sure. Made in the United States. We get that one. Okay. We can have that. Well, you don't get marguerite because you can't you fucking can, make you it. You can have it, but like, I'm just saying, you do have to give credit where credit sure. is due. On you know stuff. what's surprisingly really popular in Iceland? There's no McDonald's, but you know what there is? Burger King? Domino's. Domino's. Yeah, Domino's has done a really good job of like internationalization. This radio station that I listen to in Iceland, they order pizza like every week, and their pizzas look real good in Dom- in in Iceland. I don't know what the fuck Domino's is doing here in America, but like I want to send like Domino's U.S. Oh, like, no, it's because like, other countries have higher standards for food. That's I mean, Mar- I mean uh, McDonald's in France is hella better than McDonald's anywhere outside of the United States is so much better. Me and my mother tried the Spanish burger when it, they did the international thing here in McDonald's, but the problem is it's not Spanish beef, so it's not going to taste the same. Right? So no, we, exactly. We we were, li- we liked it, but in my head I was thinking this would taste so much better with Spanish beef. Right, and that's the thing, is like, every other country has higher quality standards, so that's the difference. Well, despite his overreaction, Catherine does not kick him out of her bar slash restaurant, and New Suits Mm -hmm. gets a little bit of the download on Leon from Vince, and says he doesn't strike him, and New Suits is, again, conflicted, because... Leon just didn't, the you know, even for the brief time that he met him, didn't strike him as a con man. Yeah, so this is, this is, not, this is where it's starting to get weird. Meanwhile, Camille, sh- and Camille shows up and says that the hot widow is having him cremated. Um, which is then interspersed with a cut of hot widow holding up her phone, looking around suspiciously and going, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And... Then we're back on new suits being like, this case makes no sense. Leon had said he'd never been to Saint Marie before, but the widow was like, oh yeah, he sailed a lot. And like, right? yeah, everything's starting to unravel a little bit and he's not piecing it together. Um, but Camille makes a very strong case for the hot widow, the Hamiltons being in love. And tries to ask New Suits a little bit about his love life, and he deflects quite a lot. Yep. In the market, Fidel does find his beggar thief, but is outrun. What? How could he be outrun by an old woman? So the next day, uh, Dwayne has gives a report on Sam mm-hmm. King and says that he was tight-lipped, but clearly knows something was up. Yep. And New Suits and Camille go visit the bank that had funded the real estate venture because they're still chasing down the motive bit. And after everything was liquidated, uh, they say there was two million unaccounted for. And they also say the big, like, and perusing the records, they learned that the biggest investor was a man named Gordon Foster. Mm Mm-hmm. And his big investment was 300000 This is where the episode lost me a little bit. <laughs> I think it was something... I can't remember exactly how much money they had scammed, but, like, it was clearly... It was, like, $10 million or something like that for this real estate venture. 
and they'd gotten away with just two million, and the biggest investor was three hundred thousand. I know, right? This the math makes no sense. That is not so. How I'm assuming that works. I'm assuming real estate. Gotten, I've got. They've gotten rid of all the outside international investors because I those guess. are going to be. Those are going to be the ones that are going to give the most money. No, they really are. That you know. No, I know. My point offshore. is, that I just don't. I don't think that the. I just think this was poorly written. I don't think they were thinking, oh, well, we're not going to talk about the international investors. We're not going to talk who lost money. We're only going to focus on this. I think they didn't know how much money this actually should have been. Yeah. Oh, definitely. No, no, no. It should have been way more than they said, but they didn't think about people knowing about real estate shit. You know what I mean? They didn't see Donald Trump coming. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> which is weird. My mother remembers Donald Trump and she didn't even come to America until 1979. He was big already when she yeah. came to America and she calls him Te- she still to this day calls him Teflon Don. And that was his nickname because right. Teflon is non-stick and so nothing sticks to him. And um and if you didn't believe the people talking in 1979, you're going you're not going to believe it. He um the the one thing I can say is he's a master manipulator of the capitalist market. He knows what sells, therefore, and it's a tale as old as time. So unfortunately, we in the UK or we in the European Union, our corruption is more overt and less. Actually, <laughs> like the cost of corruption is just a little bit less mm-hmm. in the UK. It's not mind-boggling. Like, Donald Trump is not a billionaire. Um, he is he is bought by the Russian mob. He is bought by the mob in general. All mobs. Well, yeah. Just all mobs. Well, it. I mean, I was but more like, saying, like, obviously Trump was known in the United States, but everybody... But we didn't really... But I don't think he was very well known outside of the United States. Right. He wants to think that he's an international star. I mean, he is now as the president of the United States. But even at this time of this right, this episode, he probably wasn't. He was a failed reality show host in the United mm-hmm. States. And who the fuck cares about that? Until, exactly. of course, he becomes president of the United States. Craziness. No, no. It's the worst. Like, legitimately, it's the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching, so I was watching the the Jodi Ar- Arias story, the woman who killed her lover and, you know, stabbed him multiple times and then shot him in the This head. is a lot of true crime for our fake crime only podcast. Yeah, I was, <laughs> so what I've been doing is watching a lot of true crime shit for some reason. I've just, because it's, it's good background noise and it's stuff, like I watched the Jordan, the Peterson case. I've watched like famous cases. And looked at it with a socialist eye. So I watched the Jordy, the Arias case. And Donald Trump fucking taught, like, he was a commentator on it. Because he was like, wow. the art of the deal and she should make a deal and shit. And I was like, do I have to spend my life listening to Nancy Grace and Donald Trump? Like, what the fuck? I'm just saying, fake crime only. I, I, yeah, it really is, but like, I've watched all the fake crime. I rewatched Marvel. <laughs> so, and <laughs> Poirot, there's only like one episode on PBS. 
<gasps> okay. Oh, this yeah. may be only available on Acorn, and you know my feelings on things, but you should maybe find it elsewhere. I don't know. Maybe your mum can hand me her password, too. Lucy Lawless is in a two-part show. Yes! She was on NPR promoting it. And I'm like, oh! Anyway, it's definitely either on Amazon Prime or on Acorn. So I I thought of you the minute I saw that. I think it's on Amazon Prime, actually. Um, Well, fingers crossed for you. But she was on NPR promoting it, and I'm like, Mary, Mary, is that possible? She's bisexual, I'm sure. Fingers crossed. She is well, so hot and like old. She's 51. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disappointed in Kevin Sorbo, but I'm like, okay, I'm putting everything behind Lucy Lawless now. Yeah. Because Kevin Sorbo just disappointed me. Oh, he's. I mean, worst. I'm sad for what happened to him. He was. Uh, injured by a chiropractor, which, like, I get 20 free chiropractor appointments with my insurance, but I'm like, I don't trust them. Injured Hercules. And I don't like Kevin Solho, but I'm like, nah, man, you literally pinched a nerve in his spine and made him nearly, like, paralyzed. Oh, it's My Life is Murder. And it's yeah. more than two episodes. Oh, okay. Well, it's, apparently they only had two like, on that my mom saw. Whatever. It's, it's five. Oh, there you go. on Samory with no Lucy Lawless. Sad. Sad. (laughs) I was telling my sister that uh, millennial humor is saying a sad thing and pretending it's funny. Uh, (laughs) uh, But back on Samory they go to Gordon Foster's house and lo! It's the man that Sam King was talking to earlier. And he does admit being the big fish. He says he doesn't know Leon well, even though he invested in the company and that he had to fly to Guadalupe. Um, and that he never really saw him. Or sorry, he, he, sorry. Uh, he had to, And that he had to fly to Guadalupe to sign all the papers. So it is potentially possible that he never came to San Marie before. Well, that's... Um, if you want to create an LLC in America... You can apply for one in Connecticut, and you never have to go to Connecticut. It's 20 bucks, and you have an LLC, where you can put all your fucking money if you want to divorce your wife and not show any money for the divorce proceedings. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there is every possible way uh, to not, and that's going to be illegal in Iceland. Well, Foster had some big fallout, obviously, from losing all that money. Uh, he said the strain put a huge... It put a huge strain on his relationship, and he just got divorced. But he does have an alibi. Just a very big motive. But not only in the motive, but also, like, he could have just paid somebody else. Exactly. So, as viewers, we're still like, uh-huh, you paid Sam King. Uh, new Suits, then New Suits and Camille go talk to the Hot Widow about the whole sailing thing. And... She is typical widow after the death of her husband. Uh, business isn't my strong point. And she's like, if we had $2 million, you know, I would know about it. And we clearly aren't living like we have $2 million. And she gives a huge, passionate speech about Leon not being a con man. Which, he's a con man. Like, 
as viewers, we know he was a con man. Mm -hmm. Or at least we know somebody was conned. So back at the station, uh, New Suits and Camille discuss the case and they realize it was premeditated and possibly paid for. Yep. Ooh. So, knowing that, Dwayne takes New Suits down to talk to King. King is sitting with someone in a hoodie who takes off the minute they see hit the police. And there's a chase scene. And sort of, because the guy in the hoodie loses a flip-flop and then <laughs> runs Don't! To- don't fucking run in flip-flops. I can't even walk properly in flip-flops. I'm too drunk for this. I'm drinking <laughs> almost all but like two glasses. Well, he runs into glass and obviously uh, New Suits is able to catch up with him. And Oh, by the way, it is Foster himself. And so New Suits is like, all right, come clean for sure. And Foster says that he got drunk and this guy... Sam King was talking a big game and that Foster drunkenly asked about what it would cost to kill Hamilton, but he didn't really mean that. Mm. Back at the little cafe, King is sitting across from Dwayne and kind of tries to bribe him, but Dwayne is not having it. And so King gets arrested instead. And he's like, okay, 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 okay. I did ask this guy for $50,000, but I was just scamming him. I didn't kill anybody. I was just trying to make an easy 50k. But he's saying, so what he's saying is I saw uh, Lewis Hamilton being killed. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to take, like, I'm going to take responsibility? Credit. Thank you. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the... straight to your head. Oh, yeah. I'm just... Bubbles. The bubbles. Um, but uh, he's like, I'm going to take credit and be like, you owe me 50k. He's dead. Uh, well, Newsuits is still kind of all jumbled up about it. But at Kathy's, Newsuits talks to Vince again, or is trying to, but Susie shows up and has some Agatha Christie uh, advice to lay on him about the BRMs. Yes, the basic Which is rule not a bowel movement. It is a basic rule of murder. This is, yeah, this is Susie Parks. Have we met and it, uh, Emily Saunders yet? Jenny Spark? I don't know who that is. Let me check. Because I widow. could have been like, this is a fine British actor. Uh, definitely. Paradise. What was the hot little's name? I don't know. <laughs> we haven't watched this in a while. Well, that and I only wrote down Hot Widow. Like Emily Saunders. Anne Hamilton. She would have been Anne Hamilton, so Sophie Wheaton. Okay. Oh, Sophie Wheaton is a five British actor. She is even. <laughs> she's famous in America. What? Hot Widow's famous in America. She was in Two and a Half Men for like 80,000 episodes. Oh, was she the White Witch? Yes! And she was in Peep Show, which is one of my favorite shows. And she was in Poirot. No, she was old Susie. And she was in Peep Show. Well, so Susie Park is going on and on and on about her BRMs. 
But she says that basically all murders boil down to sex or money. I mean, she's not wrong, right? Not wrong. Not in our experience. I mean, not in the... Well, even in real life, like all these true crimes I've been watching. Pretty much. Sex or money. Um, But the lights go out and the crew bring in a birthday thing and the crew sing happy birthday. But they turn the lights back on and New Suits has disappeared. In fact, has gone back to the police station. And he's looking at all of the bank statements again. And he noticed that Hot Widow withdrew $50,000 just a few weeks ago. Uh, Camille's a bit angry at them, but she still brought cake, so how angry can she really be? I know, yelling at your mom and then still bringing you cake. All right, Camille. All right. So then we get a little cutscene again where we see Hot Widow pour some champagne and then... There's a knock on the door, and she opens it because she was waiting for the person. She goes, but we don't get to see who it is. Yes. So the next day, Fidel says the hot widow is leaving, and Newsuit's like, oh, no, we it's her, isn't it? We have to go back. And they head to the hotel, and Dwayne and Fidel are on the thief track, and so they head back to the market to catch the thief. And there's another chase scene. Two chase scenes in one episode. Well, there was a Bond villain in this episode, so they had to have chase scenes. Fair enough. Well, they catch their thief, and it's not an old woman at all. It's a man. Yep. So. Dress and Dragon do the hula. Ooh. Sorry. (laughs) That song. Okay. My mom and I went to see The Lion King, uh, the live version of The Lion King. It was exactly the same as the animated version, pretty much down to everything. But they missed, so they made a, they made a breaking the fourth wall joke Uh instead of if you're looking for a hunky, my favorite song from the Lion King, where they're trying to distract the hyenas. Um, Yes. And that song is not in there. They did a... They did, a, uh, they did a Breaking the Fourth Wall joke where Timon and Pumbaa sing the Be Our Guest song from Beauty and the Beast. I don't, I don't care that yeah. that's a spoiler. I was disappointed. Not as fun. Well, new suits get to the hotel and they're like, what is all this hubbub? It's because the hot widow is dead. <laughs> she was pushed from the window. So at the back at the station, New Suit's trying to put it all together, and he sees Philip, the man who is dressing up as the bigger woman, in a dress, and he has his aha moment. Which is a weird, I mean, I understand it later. It's kind of a weird aha moment. But, no, 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 actually, for who Richard is, an understandable one. Not understandable for who, like, the person, like, no, actually, okay, I'll explain at the end. <laughs> I'm a little drunk, a lot drunk. I just did the one eye squinty thing. This is the last time I'll be drinking for, like, <laughs> months. Because my mother doesn't drink, she's diabetic, so we don't keep alcohol in the house. So, like... This is, like, literally the last mm-hmm. time I'll be drinking for months and months and months. Because I don't drink when I drive. Um, and you shouldn't, obviously. Um, so this will be my last... Uh, so I'm just mm-hmm. getting super drunk. 
But I'll explain why why this is a good aha moment. <laughs> Weird at first, but a good aha moment. Well, rather than heading to the hotel or anything like that, New Suits heads to Catherine's. Yep. And this is where he does his dramatic reveal. Because the murderer has been in front of us all along. It was Vincent! But his name's not Vincent. That's Leon Hamilton. Why have I called him Lewis Hamilton this entire night and you haven't corrected me? I don't... I didn't notice that you had. But <laughs> Lewis Hamilton is a famous race car driver, so... I know! <laughs> Turns out that Hamilton was a con man after all, and he really wanted that two million for himself. And they bring in Gordon Foster, and he's able to identify him, because he's basically the only person alive who's seen him. At least on Saint Marie. Uh, So the button on the episode is that the hat lady shows up again, and is all like, ooh, mystery solved. And Kathy, uh, Catherine tries to get the new suits to go party again for his birthday, but... He's like, no, no, I'm going home. And he's like, so we see the crew roll up on his house with all the party gear. And they're about to surprise him. And they look in like he's asleep. Oh, that's so stressful. Actually, I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't blame him at all. <laughs> as soon as we stop recording, I'm just going to go to bed. Yes. <laughs> but that's the that's it. That's the end of our episode. Yeah. Sabrina, last time I'm going to ask this. Did you figure it out? Yeah, so here's how I figured it out. If you don't really know the per- So if you're investing in a thing and not a person, like if you're investing in a corporation or if you're investing in a business venture, you might never, you might just give money mm-hmm. and never meet the person, right? Right. So pretty much there's only one person on Samory who would know what, who Leon Hamilton really looked like. And so Vincent Carter, Harlan's character, would be pretty secure in the fact that most of his investors wouldn't know what he looked like. So he could uh-huh. fleece them without really th- thinking about it. The only, the weakness, I think Selwyn would have probably known what he looked like. Yeah. Like, that's a weakness in the show that could be explained by the fact that Selwyn was so angry that he probably didn't follow the case and was just like, this is your fuck up, you deal with it. So, okay. Well, but he did meet Vince, so there's cl- he did meet Vince. So it's clearly um, so it's so that's the that's probably the weakest point. But if you're trying to hide your deception and get life insurance money, you'll this is the best way to do it. Like so, you'll you'll probably rich enough to pay someone to be like, okay, you're going to be my fall guy. Go on. So mm-hmm. that's. Also, because he was the villain in Tomorrow Never Dies, I was like, okay, he's probably a villain again. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I, so I had experience with him as a villain, so it was probably like, oh, okay, he's probably not. 
you don't get this famous of an actor to play like a bit part. You know what I mean? So for me, it was that slightly like weird moment where the fact that I pay attention to actors more than probably the role they're playing, that me. But that's just me watching the episode. So did you figure out? Uh, I absolutely thought it was Hot Widow. Um, I thought she was trying. That's a that actually, you know, that's a really good. That would be a really good right. Like I thought, I wouldn't see, but she obviously was right. And my thought was that like like she she wasn't, or like I there was almost to a point where I believed her that her husband wasn't the con man, but that somebody was the con man, and I thought it was her. Like I thought she was the one running, run wanting running. (laughs) I thought she was the one running the business. And the whole thing, because it was kind of a lady doth protest too much when like, oh, I don't follow the business, you know, kind of situation. So I definitely thought she was like the the, the queen pin of the whole operation. Yeah. Until she died. <laughs> when she died, it's like, oh, shit. Now you have to reevaluate, which exactly. is what I do, which is what I do all the time when I'm reading murder mysteries is mm-hmm. someone who. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was a really good red herring. Now I have to read better. Which. And I think the other thing, though, is that, like, my. Well, did you like this episode? I loved it. This is actually my favorite episode of season one. Probably not of all of Death in Paradise, because I've watched all of Death in Paradise. But um, definitely my favorite episode of season one. I like this best of the five that we've yeah. watched. It's been too long for me to say which one's my actual favorite episode of, of Death in Paradise. I gotta say that the the episode with <laughs> um, is my favorite. <laughs> Just because the acting is so so good. Did I did I uh, cough out that spoiler? I think you well? did. I yeah. Did. Uh, I think I had a couple structural problems. Like I thought the mystery of this was really good. I really, really yeah. enjoyed, enjoyed the mystery. I really enjoyed, like, the Agatha Christie characters type setup. Um, but I didn't really like the, I hate when the, I hate when the viewer knows too much. Right? Like, I really feel like that spoils things for me a little bit. I like discovering along with the detective. So, like, getting those cuts of Sam King with Gordon and getting that cut of, like, the hot widow being suspicious. I could have done without that. Yeah. You have... So, there are two types of murder mysteries. The one where you are... You stick with one character all the time. And the one where you have an omniscient narrator. And so, it sounds like you like where there's... You stick with one character all the time. Like the detective or, right. you know, someone like that. Absolutely. For sure. I absolutely... So I wa- I rewatched all of Marvel for, just to have background noise whilst I was packing. And the episode... Fuck. Um, not the very last episode, but the next to the last episode. Where you get Miss Marvel, who wasn't actually in the book. So that you get an unreliable narrator and then uh-huh. Miss Marvel... Um, you stick with this is her. Uh, this is one of her few unreliable narrators. Where you stick with the unreliable narrator, where you don't really know all the information. So that would actually, without Marvel, that's actually a really that would be an excellent episode where suddenly you find out that the narrator has been the murderer the entire time. Excellent, I love it. But I actually like the omniscient narrator because I want to be the detective. I am the detective. When I'm reading a murder mystery, 
I'm the one that needs all the clues that needs to find it out before the end. Of the right. Book. And, but so here's my thing is I like, I, I think a good, for me, the perfect murder mystery has all the clues discovered by the detective without those cutscenes, Right. And so mm-hmm. I don't need an omniscience. Yeah. Because I want all the clues to be written in properly. And I think like Arthur Conan Doyle is really good at this. Like those kind of like I prefer so for me, my favorite golden age author is actually Nio Marsh. And that's mm-hmm. because she is good at dialogue. So her detective Alain she writes other murder mysteries too, but her best known work is her undetected respect to Aline, who is a who is royal. I love it. I love Diane Marsh. I actually Well does she do the omniscience or is she more of a follow along? No so Alain is you, basically. He's he's what you want to be, basically. But he talks mm-hmm. to everybody. So you get all the clues. See, that's what he I like. That's There's what I no- want. I don't want, like, a scene without the detective where you're given a clue. Christy was more omniscient. I tend to like Niall Marsh because her characters... She's got... I don't know. If you've never read Niall Marsh, it's hard to explain. But um, I was introduced to Niall Marsh through audiobooks. With Benedict's come on maps. <laughs> and so... Um, he... For all I hate him, I really do. He's a capitalist pig. For all I really dislike him, he can act. And his audiobooks of Naya Marsh are actually really good. Um, but, like, so she, her dialogue is very good. And her characters are so good. You don't meet Alain until the murder has happened. But she doesn't give you any kind of information in that in that so you might meet Alain in the second chapter but in the first chapter it's setting up like mm-hmm. the murder but it doesn't give you any clues until Alain gets there and starts looking at the clues himself yeah I think I that's that's what I like that's what I like out of a murder mystery yeah. so this is so a I think you you should probably check out Niamh I have never so I will definitely look them up uh and I feel like Alain has been I think the BBC did Alain mysteries, but read them. Don't watch them. Well, so that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, this is a, I really love the characters in it. I thought New Suits was really good in it. I really liked the, the, this, you know, I thought it was a good enough. It wasn't like the strongest Camille episode, but I it was a good like, episode I feel like for the side characters. characters. We already know them. And so Richard's yeah. reactions to it being his birthday are expected what Camille does for him is expected. So we've gotten to that point where this is, we know these characters and we like these characters. Um, I like Fidel and Dwayne are actually more of my favorites. I love Dwayne. Like, and he's, he's the only one that lasts, right? He's the only one we know. And I think because I've watched all of them going back and watching the first season, I was more, connected to Dwayne. So I was sad that he wasn't in this episode as much. Uh-huh. So, but I gotta say, out of the, out of the <laughs> episode and this episode, this is my favorite episode of Richard. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a great, it's a great episode. I'm, I think it's a strong finish. Um, I, I gotta think... say that 
I gotta say that Richard's not my favorite DI. No. No. Who's yours? Uh, Colin Godisex. The Irish one, right? No. Huh? It's the second guy. I don't guy like right the second Richard. guy because I know him from another show. Well, I actually like the Irish guy. Oh, see, I know him from Love Actually oh, as yeah. Colin God of Sex. Oh my god, yeah! <laughs> I didn't even know it. Yes! That's probably why I don't like <laughs> Yeah, so I actually like the Irish one. I He's fine. He's fine. I like the Irish one because he has a reason to want to go back. Yeah, I guess that's true. Richard has no reason to go back. Why would he? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't really, I don't really click with Richard. I think I agree with him on certain things, but he was never my favorite for sure. No, he was never my favorite. Once, once he, <laughs> <laughs> once it's been out since twenty eleven. You are past the international statute of spoilers. Twenty eleven is that nine years? It has to be ten years. So no, sorry. Oh gosh, it's ten years. That's the international standard. How do you spell calendar? Uh, C-A-L-A-N-D-E-R. C-A-L-E-N-D-A-R. Fucking No. A-N-D. Oh, I found it. Okay. (laughs) Uh, well, Serena, you're a little drunk. Before we do everything, today is actually really important. Um, or yesterday. Was it? Yesterday was the 10th, right? Was today? Correct. Correct. Um, yeah, yesterday was it, and today is a really important holiday in the Muslim calendar. Um, I'd like to wish everyone an Eid Mubarak as we celebrate the end of Hajj. I really like my wine. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it was $8 at Lidl, and it is fucking delicious. It's not a champagne, but it is a sparkling wine, and it is fucking delicious it's not sweet at all it is good and it the effervescence made me sneeze once because (laughs) that's that's who i am as a person because it happens but it's not distracting it's not distracting from the taste of the wine the combination isn't distracting and it's a very good wine holy shit I was you bitched at me for not getting a champagne, but I no, I didn't. You I did. said you. So I did not. Bitch. I never would. I don't even drink champagne. I drink prosecco or cava. I would never bitch at someone about not getting a champagne. I fucking I love champagne to the ends of the earth. Um, to the ends of the earth. Nathan, for my twenty-first birthday, got me a Dom Perignon, and I've never had a better wine. Obviously. You can't. But the company that owns Dom Perignon is Moet, and they make shit champagnes, so I'm surprised. <laughs> but, um, but if you are looking for a sparkling wine, just not for something big. For for a big occasion, you need champagne. I'm sorry. You just do. But if you're having fun, and if you want to have fun, if you want that effervescence, go for a sparkling wine. Go for Prosecco, go for Cava, go for this weird-ass uh, Vino Spumante, which is what sparkling wine is in Italy. It's half Pinot, half Chardonnay. If you're looking for something fun, that's great. I that Lidl doesn't have champagne. Oh, Lidl doesn't have champagne in my price range because, remember, <laughs> I'm a socialist. So I want something that anyone can buy. Well, out of nine, how would you give your last wine? Fucking nine. This is Whoa! excellent. 
This is a good wine. This is good. And I'm not even kidding. I'm I am impressed. Uh I have to go a little lower on my score. Uh I got this one specifically cuz I wanted to stay in our usual price range and again I was buying it at my little corner store so I know I paid markup on it. Um like my favorite prosecco is called La Marca and at this po- this place it was $17. Did you, and I was like that's Did not- you have you drunk La Marca on the show? No. I maybe quite possibly. I think I have, but I also wasn't going to pay $17 for it because I know what it should be priced at. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so my, this is a little sweet um, from what I like. Um, I know Prosecco does tend to be a little bit sweeter than like Cava, which I drink a lot, but I definitely have drank a Cava on this show, so I didn't want to buy the only Cava they had in the store. Uh, so I'm going to give this a seven. I mean, it certainly bubbles. I think this would be better as an actual mimosa than drinking it straight. And it would probably be really good as an addition to something a little bit that can bring out some of the tart from it. But it's got a, it's pretty sugar heavy on the tongue. I understand. Mine is since mine is brute, it's quite dry. But um, I don't know. It's just so good. And I'm I'm sorry that you had to have a mimosa with yours. Oh, I didn't I because like, I don't have any orange juice. <laughs> I don't have any orange juice either because orange juice is a lot of calories, guys. I've lost ten pounds since coming back from Sweden and I don't weight if weight is not important to you it's not important to me but it's very important to me and so like I'm celebrating a whole lot tonight but I I'm gonna cry after we stop recording (laughs) I know this has been this this has been such a fun project Thank you to all our followers. I especially want to like shout out. Uh, I want to shout out to Jessica T, who not only like supports our channel and makes fun of me for hating suck, <laughs> but also every once in a while sends me pictures of her dog Leia. And I really want to shout out to Jessica for that because that's great. Thank you very much, and I really appreciate it. As someone who, um. I, is too poor to have a pet in her flat. I really appreciate. I really appreciate living vicariously through pets. I love Carol's pets. I'm not <laughs> mostly because you don't have to live with them. I appreciate. I appreciate cats and dogs. I keep, I appreciate all animals that we've decided to domesticate, um, for various reasons. Um, but I appreciate that Jessica thinks about me and personally. Like, tweets me pictures of her dog, Leia. So thank you very much to Jessica. Um, thank you to all of our listeners. That's really... Huge thank you. That's really listeners. fun. I'm glad we, we gave you something to listen to. And Carol told me that she has all the all the recordings. So we will... <laughs> to keep interest whilst I get out of uh, my host families in Macedonia. I have nine months of host families and I'm horrified. I've never lived with someone I'm not related to in my life. So I'm, I'm a little frightened. Um, so I promise we will be back before 27 months. Definitely. I'm actually bringing my microphone with me to Macedonia. So we definitely will. Yes. We, we, we have some plans for some very special episodes. We will figure something out. Definitely don't unsubscribe. So um, but we'll have we'll definitely have outtakes regular. because we're hysterical. Um, <laughs> at some point there might be outtakes. Oh no! Sure. Not at some point. 
I will be very... Oh, yes, at some point, miss, I don't do any of the editing. <laughs> Carolyn does the editing. <laughs> Everybody always asks me, when I say I do a podcast, they ask me all these really intricate technical questions, and I'm like, fucking hell, I'm just a voice. What the fuck? I'm just... <laughs> oh, the guest speaker, what are you gonna do? And so, um... So, I would like to thank all of our listeners. Obviously, I would like to thank everyone who took a chance to listen to something that's not true crime because the true crime podcast is oversaturated. Oversaturated. Fake crime only. Fake crime only. Also, fake crime only. <laughs> this is the only time I'll like a cop. <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> Gotta have fictional cops for fictional liking. Exactly. So, um, if you're interested in any socialist backgrounds, I want you to go check out Peter Coffin on YouTube. Mia, uh, Mia Mulder, um, as in Mulder from X-Files. Mia Mulder, who is a Swedish socialist. Um, those two are the ones that I listen to and that I tend to agree with. So if you're interested in any of the socialist or communist shit we've been talking about... <laughs> Please go listen to them. They have a lot of stuff. They're on YouTube. And their their videos are fun and interesting and short enough that you want to listen to. Um, if you want to follow us, you can find us on Twitter at what? Uh, I'm at Classlicity. And I'm at SDM Rights. I like it. Doing something different for this close. Uh, you can follow our official Twitter at Wine Murder Night, and while we won't be voting on the next thing that we watch, you should still follow us so that you can get updates when we release new special episodes. And we always very much appreciate anybody who's left a rating and review. Please don't, like, unrate. I don't know if that's the thing that you can do, but, like, just don't. Again, we will have some content. We're just not sure of what the timing is going to be like because schedules are a thing. <laughs> And what do we have to say, Sabrina? As always, spasiba. Spasiba to Anton Koryakov, who wrote and performed The Simple Life off the album Restart. It is our theme song used in, uh, with Creative Commons License Attribution 3.0. And we love it so, so much. I can't imagine. I cannot tell you how jazzed I was when I found this theme song. What, what was interesting is I obviously listen to Contents. We record this separately. We don't live together or anything, so we're recording this in two different places. We are on opposite coasts. So, um, oh, not even coasts. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> just straight up in the middle. Yeah, so we have Mountain Time and we have Eastern Standard Time. So Fake time. So we're recording this. Fake time, fake crime. We're recording this as our study and bedroom <laughs> in our various time zones. So thanks for listening. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Fake crimes only. Fake crime only. <laughs>